Welcome back to For the Love of East Street. I am Randy, and I am here with my co-host, Donna. Yep. And we are coming to you from the swamps of Jersey. Always. And we're very excited because today we are recording our last episode of the season. For those of you who follow us, this would be our 20th episode of season three, which is hard to believe since we started this about a year and a half ago, and we are now almost 60 episodes in. And we have learned so much, and we have made some wonderful new friends. Yes. Um, Unfortunately, one of our guests had to cancel, so this season will only be 19 episodes. And for those of you who are expecting us to do 20, we apologize, and we will (laughs) let you know that the network is not going to cancel us over this. (laughs) And we will be back for season four before you know it. Yep. We're also very excited that our reach has grown over this last season from around 40 countries to over 55. Wow. And we're so happy that the show continues to connect with new people. We've had lots of fans from around the world co-host. And if you want to co-host with us, reach out and let us know. You know, we always say it. We have our Facebook page for the love of East Street. And we have the podcast, which streams on all the platforms for the love of East Street. And oh, one more way they can contact us is through the Gmail for the love of East Street um, at, at Gmail. gmail.com. Yep. So definitely while we take some time off this summer, <clears throat> reach out to us and we're already starting to talk about what we're going to do in season four. Yes. So reach out. Mm-hmm. So now before we begin... Before this season even started, I have been carrying this piece of paper with me for months now, since actually April. And it was actually April 1st, because this was on a U- it's UK spoof news and satire. And I just thought this was hysterical, and I have wanted to share it all season and never got the opportunity because I kept forgetting, but I didn't forget this time. So listen up, folks. This was printed... In this on this satire um, website, after banging his shin, Bruce Springsteen advised to stop dancing in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> after Bruce Springsteen suffered a painful bang on the shin after enthusiastically dancing in the dark, doctors have advised him to put a stop to the practice. Um, the radio was on and I was moving around my place, explained the boss. But, you know, it was pretty late at night and I banged my shin on the coffee table. It was pretty painful and I got a really big bruise. So I went to the doctor and he said I should stop dancing in the dark. He explained that it wasn't the first time he'd received such an inju- such an industry. Hell no. Stubbed toes, banged shins, twisted ankles. Dancing in the dark ain't always safe. I remember 20-some years back, little Jess left her Legos on the floor, and I trod on one of them. I trod one of them once when I was dancing in the dark. Woke everyone up that night. Guess it's time to stop. The U.S. Medical Council was moved by the comment on the matter. While dancing in the dark is understandable, when you're just tired and bored with yourself, it isn't always advisable as you reach your 70s. Remember, you can start a fire without a spark. Just use a lighter. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that was hysterical. That's cute. And like I said, I've been carrying it around since April. (laughs) I feel so relieved that you finally have gotten this off your chest because I know you've been waiting all season. I know. Every time after we record, I'm like, I never pulled this out. Yeah. So now now I feel like we are ready to end the season because you've gotten it out there. I have. I feel so much better. Okay, good. Thank you for letting me share. Of course. Yes. (laughs) 
So getting back, getting back to our regularly scheduled program. Yes. So some of the highlights from this season, what, what were some of your highlights? Well, we talked about it before, but Stan's tour was a lot of fun and getting to meet Vinny Lopez. Absolutely. And Tinker. And Tinker as well. Yeah, it was fun. And of course, eating the hot dogs. At the windmill. Right. Which I never do. And that was fun. (laughs) Actually, Um, they weren't so bad. And I don't usually eat hot dogs. mm -hmm. And also, um, we just took a trip to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We did, which was pretty awesome. And if you're in the Facebook group, you know I put up a couple of posts about mm-hmm, it we mm-hmm. saw a lot i have to say though i realized like we were just not in jersey anymore because i really want, i expected to see so much more bruce and yeah. there wasn't all that much bruce and i was wondering actually i didn't even mention this to you it occurred to me after we got home i wonder if because there's the grammy museum exhibit now i believe it's in la now I wonder if that's part of the reason that the exhibit at the um, Hall of Fame was so small was because maybe some of the stuff has been on loan. Because I recall when I went last time, which was 20-something years ago, there was more. There was the leather jacket. There were other things. So I wonder if maybe after the, the Grammy Museum exhibit is over, maybe some stuff will go back there. Just a thought. But also when you went, it wasn't – the E Street Band wasn't in yet. Correct. So – I mean, it was just like one thing. It seemed like every band that we saw just had their one state. I don't know yeah, what you would case, call it. Yeah. One ca- okay, mm-hmm. a case. And that's what we saw with the band. And also there's a lot of people in that band. Yeah. So there was a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it would be great if they did like what they did for the Beatles, where it was a whole right. exhibit just about Bruce. Right. Which, who knows, maybe they'll do once the Grammy thing is over. There's right. enough in that exhibit to have its own little section. Right. And I, I think, and, and maybe, you know, again, I drank the Kool-Aid, but <laughs> I think people would be interested in that, even if they're not huge Bruce fans, just because it's so, you know, there's so much history. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, I would just would have liked to have seen more stuff from yeah. Yeah, yeah. from Bruce. And I think I even said to you when we were there, we're not in Jersey anymore. Because if it right. was in Jersey, there'd be a hell of a lot more stuff. There'd be a Bruce wing. There would be. Just like the Grammy Museum. <laughs> Right. It was all about Bruce, which, you know, we're all into that. Um, The other thing that was really uh, great this season, when we went on this said trip, we decided before we left that we were going to listen to all of the studio albums from the very, very first song on Greetings, Growing Up, I mean, Blinded by the Light, sorry, all the way through to... um, Letter to You. Uh, I'll see you in my dreams from Letter to You. Yes. And we did. We did. Between the two trips to Ohio and back and all the driving in between, we did. Yeah. And um, the only thing we did not listen to, we did not listen to live albums mm -hmm. and we didn't listen to tracks because that was another four and a half hours. Right. We didn't have that kind of time. We didn't have that time, but we listened to all the studio albums yep. start to finish. So that was the first time I was, I listened to um, the rising start mm-hmm. to finish. Yeah. And uh, it didn't hit me as badly as I thought it would. We also chatted. We didn't just sit and listen. Right. We were talking the whole way through as well, but it right. was really cool. I mean, seriously, like we heard every single Bruce song. Oh, like I said, except for tracks. Yeah. But <laughs> we, we heard the majority of the catalog. Yes. And it was fun. I mean, it was something that um, I'd always wanted to do. And 
And we did it. And we did. And we actually had an hour to spare. We did. To we did. listen to other stuff. We did listen to other stuff. So, um, you know, as you guys know, over the last seasons. I have one more thing I want to talk about. So we are recording this right after um, July 4th. It's probably going to go up into August. So we're back. I'm backdating a little bit. Um, I have a lot of friends and just acquaintances that actually believe and have put up for July 4th, Born in the USA, as if it was a patriotic song. And I have had to have this conversation more than once in the past few days that Born in the USA is not a patriotic song. And they're like, oh, but I thought it was. No, my friends, it is not. (laughs) Have you had to have this conversation at all? No? No, I mean, nobody brought it up to me, but I think... At least I hope our listeners who are fans know. But yes, I think this goes all the way back to when Ronald Reagan was running for president. Absolutely. And he used it as his anthem. And we were all like, yeah, I guess you didn't listen to this. But also um, the Macy's Parade, uh, the Macy's Parade, the Macy's Fireworks Show used it as well. No, I know. No, I know. Which is ridiculous. Somebody didn't do their homework. Well. Because I think they're making the assumption that the average person is not paying attention to the lyrics. I just hear the Born in the USA part. Well, it it was um, um, uh, just the music. There were no words. Like it was just okay. Well, then even even more so. It was an orchestra playing. Right. Exactly. But those of us in the know, Mm. it just makes them look like somebody didn't do their homework. Yes. Well, that wouldn't be the first time that happened. No, it would not be. Okay. So. We have been talking about all the albums <laughs> since the beginning of time. And good news, everyone. This is the last time we have to do this. So if you're tortured by this, be happy that it's almost over. I know I'm tortured by this. As am I. Um, so we talked about the best and most overlooked songs on every album. And there are only two left, Western Stars and Letter to You. So Donna, uh, Western Stars. Best Tucson Train. Love, love, love. But I listen to the the live version from mm-hmm. the movie. You listen to the studio yep. version. I like the version from the movie better. You like the, the uh, mm-hmm. other one better. So we're at odds on that. But I love Tucson Train. I think it's a great song. And especially I love the um, movie version. Overlooked Sundown. Okay. I like Sundown. What about you? Um, you won't be surprised. No, I will not be. Moonlight Motel. I know. For both. I think it's wildly okay. overlooked because it's no one talks about it. And I think it's just a beautiful song. And talk about imagery and talk about mm. story and talk about emotion. And just some of the lines in that song have so much emotion that it's almost hard to listen to for me. It's like such a such a tribute to lost love. It just, it's very sad. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, what about Letter to You? So best, If I Were a Priest. Mm-hmm. I love that song. I loved it from the minute I heard it. I love Bruce's older stuff. And it does not surprise me to find out that it was written back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Love, love, love. Overlooked, again, another old song from the seven, that he wrote in the 70s, Janie Needs a Shooter. Mm-hmm. Again, another favorite. I love it. And it's not like people aren't really talking about it. I mm-hmm. don't think unless mm-hmm. I've been busy with work. Maybe they are. I don't think so. I mean, I do think, you know, people talk about this album in general less just because it's newer. And I don't think Mm -hmm. everybody's really 
spent as much time with it as they have, you know, the older stuff. Right. But I think Ghosts is an incredibly oh, good an song. Amazing, amazing. And it's probably my favorite on this album. Um, I'll see you in my, in my dreams is also, but it's hard for me to listen to it. It just yeah. it's too it's just too raw. Um, and I said overlooked if I were the priest because I love that song and I think people don't really talk about that one much either. Mm-hmm. I mean, but the truth is, does anybody talk about any of those songs except for Letter to You, which was kind of the, you know, being the title the track, title people track. mentioned right. it, but I haven't heard a lot of discussion around any of the tracks on this album other than you know what he played on Saturday Night Live was mentioned but other than that they're really and I'm I'm very curious and this is actually going to be interesting and potentially exciting to see which of these tracks he ends up playing on tour cuz he's not going to play the whole album likely cuz he has too many songs to choose from <laughs> and I wonder if he's going to switch it up meaning like will he play different ones every night or is he going to pick three or four that he likes the best to play and just play those I'm very curious to see and I I plan on being at enough concerts that I'll be able to tell you next year. You and me both. Yes, yes, we will. Yes. Um, I'm really looking forward to, well, because Western Stars, both of these albums were not, there were no tours for them yet. Mm -hmm. But Western Stars, there was the movie, whatever. But um, yeah, I'm interested to see what is, how it's going to be handled. He did imply to Jim Rotolo that um, he probably wouldn't play much of Western Stars for this tour just because he felt it was a different kind of album, that maybe something would show up, but it didn't sound like it was going to be a major player in this new tour, which is a bummer because I love this album, as you know. Yeah, I know. Which makes me a very, you know, um, disturbed individual because I hate country music and everyone keeps telling me it's a country album and I keep saying, no, it's Bruce. (laughs) And And I stick by my guns. It is Bruce. It is not country. It is country. It's Bruce. Okay. Moving right along. <laughs> Please. <laughs> We've had this conversation so many times. It never gets it old. Never, no, it kind of does. It kind of does get old. <laughs> it never changes. It's exactly the same every single time. All yes. Right. So. Oh, okay. Now. You and I, listening to all of the songs from start to finish, we were talking about song nuggets. Mm -hmm. So these can be what you might refer to as tattoo lyrics. Yeah. Or just um, bring up really interesting or or imagery. Mm -hmm. So what do you, what lyrics bring this up for you what lyrics do you quote unquote call song nuggets yeah i mean first of all just i have to say if i sat down with the collection there would probably literally be hundreds yeah which we did right but i don't remember half of them right i don't either but but like if i went back and looked at the lyrics i'd be like oh there's another one there's another one so i just picked ones that were that are like kind of my regulars Mm -hmm. but like i said we could all find so many more so i since i'm probably a teenager is a dream a lie if it don't come true or is it something worse from the river has been one of my mm-hmm. one of my go-tos uh you've got to learn to live with what you can't rise above mm-hmm. from tunnel of love now everyone dreams of love lasting and true but you and i know what this world can do if i should fall behind this one is from western stars and i just love this line as well it's from somewhere north of nashville and he says 
For the deal I made, the price was strong. I traded you for this song. And I just thought that was so powerful. It really is. Um, This is another one we talked about in the car that we both love, which is like, um, again, just so evocative. Now, a life of leisure and a pirate's treasure don't make make much for tragedy, Mm -hmm. but it's a sad man, my friend, who's living in his own skin and can't stand the company. Yep. And then I have one more. I mean, I have a million more, but I'll do do one more. Um, and this is from Wrecking Ball, which is super important song to me, as I've mentioned in the past. Now, when all this steel and these stories, they drift away to rust and all our youth and beauty have been given to the dust. When the game has been decided and we're burning down the clock and all our little victories and glories have been turned into parking lots. Mm-hmm. Just unbelievable lyrics. Just yep. mind boggling. Yeah. I do have a number of them as well. Um, I Really, the weird thing is I think we only overlap on one. Wow. I know. I love it. Which one? So it's a sad man, my friend, yeah. living in his own skin cancer mm-hmm. in the company. That has been, that resonated with me. Like, I knew this person. Oh, yeah. I know somebody that, that and I, every time I hear, I don't speak with him anymore. It's from another lifetime ago. But I knew that person. Um, and the other one from Better Days today. I'm um, today. I'm lying in your arms, carving lucky charms out of these. <clears throat> excuse me, hard luck bones. Thunder Road, come take my hand. We're riding out tonight to case the promised land. Love that. Rosalita, someday we'll look back on this and it will all seem funny. Mm-hmm. I love that because it really, yeah. It, it mm-hmm. every time you look back, it really does seem funny. Yeah. Um, Thunder Road. Show a little faith. There's magic in the night. Oh, that's major tattoo that lyrics. Is, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a town full of losers and I'm pulling out of here to win. I have that up on my wall. Yeah. Um, back streets, trying to learn how to walk with the heroes that we thought we had to be. And after all this time to find we're just like all the rest. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that so resonates with me. Mm-hmm. Um, born to run. Together, when we will live with the sadness, I'll love you with all the madness in my soul. Mm-hmm. I mean, what woman doesn't want to hear I will love you with, oh, even a guy, who wouldn't want to hear right. I'll love you with all the madness in my soul? Um, Badlands, spend your life waiting for a moment to come. Well, don't waste your time waiting. And poor man want to be rich, rich man want to be king, and a mm-hmm. king ain't satisfied till he rules everything. Yep. Very true. Mm -hmm. But above and beyond, so these are like the nuggets. Uh, I learned more from a three-minute record than I ever learned in school. Okay. So those are my kind of nuggets. But while we were, while I was thinking about this, I also thought about like the imagery Mm -hmm. in his music and just the wording of like lost in the flood, like who comes up with this countryside's burning with wolfman fairies dressed in drag for homicide? That is so, like, what is that? <laughs> what, what, what is that? Yeah, it is. And, and what's the other line about uh, the nuns? Nuns run bald the, through the Vatican halls, halls, pregnant, pleading immaculate exactly. conception. Yeah, it's like, what? what? Like, what? What? Um, and also the other one for me, racing in the street, she sits on the porch of her daddy ha- daddy's mm-hmm. house, but all her, her pretty dreams are torn. You know, I mean, that just the imagery behind there is just almost like devastating. Yep. Um, and the whole second verse, if I were a priest, um, 
Uh, Sweet Virgin Mary runs the Holy Grail Saloon. Well, for a nickel, she'll give you a whiskey and personally bless saloon. And then it goes on. You know, just yeah. the, I don't know. I mean. It's pretty amazing. I think it's almost like, as we're talking about this just occurred to me, it's almost like when you read a book, you know, a fictional, a novel, and it's so it's so emotional that it brings you to tears. I mean, I'm sure we've all read books that have made us cry, right? Yeah. To me, Bruce is no different. He's an author. He's a storyteller. Mm -hmm. These are not, I mean, they're songs, but they're also stories. stories. And I think he just has this, I mean, aside, again, music aside, which is a whole nother realm and is brilliant in and of itself. Right. The lyrics are always a story about something. And, it's and and I I've said this on the podcast before, but it really bears repeating. Like my husband and I always say, he had to have sold his soul to the devil to have this gift. This is above and beyond anything that is anyone who's ever like, oh, Bruce sucks. You might think he sucks. You don't like his voice. You don't like his style. But you cannot read those lyrics and tell me there's nothing there because then you're just not smart. Sorry. Sorry. I I don't have to worry about it because no one's listening to this if they're not a Bruce fan. So non-Bruce fans, you're not smart. Sorry. Um, But really, I mean, it's just, it's hard to wrap your head around not just the the depth and the emotional, like, relevance, but the volume. How do you keep doing it again and again for 40 plus? Yeah. But I'm saying 40 plus years in terms of there's... Actually, next year will be 50 years for greetings. Like that's, you know, most prolific writers have a career of 10, 20 years, not 50 freaking years. So, And he's still right on top of it because I'm already talking about If I Were a Priest, which is from his last day, his latest album. Right. So, yeah, I I don't he's got to have sold his soul to the devil. Agreed. And uh, right along with Robert Johnson. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally. Right. (laughs) I mean, listen. I really, I've tried to take a very analytical slash non-emotional like look at it, and I just can't wrap my head around the the, the depth and the beauty of those lyrics. It just mm-hmm. nobody can come anywhere near it, no matter what. I, there's nothing. I anyway, agree. I agree. Um, so as you guys probably remember from season one and season two, we always make our last episode about like a retrospective of what we've done. And we do a little review of our episodes, but um, before we start, I just want to say it has been such a great season. We've had such great, interesting, intelligent, fun, funny, enjoyable guests this season that I'm excited to see what we can drum up in season four. Wow. Season four. I know. So Donna, you want to start with episode one? So on episode one, we had our friend Tanya Pomerantz from the Everything Bruce Springsteen Facebook page on, uh, and I just adore her. I, I just adore Tanya. She's so much fun, and she is such a Bruce fan. Mm-hmm. So the conversation is always great. Yeah. Now we also we had been to the Grammy Museum over the last break. Um, and with Eileen Chapman, and then we talked about the Bruce Museum in Freehold, mm-hmm. um, which is still happening. Haven't heard much about it. I think it. it'll be a few years yeah. before we see it open, yeah. And back then, we had heard rumors about a tour, yep. and now we know that it is that it is happening, 
but we're still waiting for the U.S. and the U.K. dates. Mm-hmm. Um, we spoke about how Bruce's music gets us through hard times, and uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, I Tanya's Tanya's a Tanya's a fan of ours, and we're a fan of hers. Yeah. Absolutely. And then we had Jake Thistle sing If I Were a Priest. He was kind enough to share his amazing music with us. Yes, Jake is incredible. And mm-hmm. just 18 years old, everyone. 18. Yep. Um, episode two, we had Jim Cruzy from the Fulfill Food Bank in New Jersey. And we had a great talk with him about all the important work that Fulfill is doing to help fight hunger in both Mammoth and Ocean Counties. We got to hear all about Jim's fandom of the boss. And we got our T-shirts that make a donation to fulfill that say, remember, in the end, nobody wins unless everybody wins. Yep. And you can still order a T-shirt yep. or a tank top by yep. going to f- fulfillnj.org slash Springsteen hyphen shirts. Post a picture of you and your shirt if you purchase one on our Facebook page for the love of East Street. We also have a link on our Facebook in our Facebook group. If you can't remember what she just said. Yes, because I, I, I totally botched it. It's fulfillnj.org slash Springsteen hyphen shirts slash. It's a lot to remember. Check out our Facebook page and order your shirt and post a picture. Yes. Donna and I are both waiting for our shirts yes. to arrive in the mail. Yes. But seriously, it was just it was a great conversation with someone who has both a passion for helping in a very good cause and for Bruce. So yes. wonderful, wonderful episode. Absolutely. So episode three, we had Mike Arnold and Peter Gallinari from the tribute band, A Springsteen Celebration, and they are from Nashville. They're a relatively new band. They And I love the way they got together. During the pandemic, on a whim, Mike put up a link to Rosal- the Rosalita video on Facebook, and he said how he would love to play this. And then musicians responded, and they became a Springsteen celebration. Yeah. And so this is really cool. So their guitar player, he was not in our interview, but another member of their band is actually a two-time Grammy Award, um, Grammy winner. Oh, that's which, cool. Yes. And they invited us to a show and said that if we came, we could introduce the band, which I have always wanted to do. But unfortunately, we just couldn't make it work out. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. And they shared a live version of Dancing in the Dark with us, which was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, in episode four, we interviewed Dr. Stephen Allen, who's a oh, writer, so university good. music professor. One of our very favorite guests. I know I said this before, but he blew my mind with his interpretations of Bruce music from a completely different angle. Mm -hmm. And I love that he made comparisons between Bruce's music and classical stuff from the greats like Beethoven and Mozart. And that he feels that Bruce's music will live for centuries the way that theirs has. And it was so cool talking to a new fan because he really only, you know, dove into Bruce a few years ago. But like someone who studied Bruce as if he were getting a PhD in Bruceology. (laughs) And it's something that I would want to do someday, just be able to dive in and really study it from that perspective. I still want to take his class, Unpacking Bruce Springsteen, which is the first and only course that lives in a music department in the entire world. So love, love, love that. That was awesome. He was just so interesting uh-huh. just because, like you said, he came from, to, he comes to Bruce from a different way than, than yep. all and the, of, rest the rest of us, of us exactly. do. And so much later. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Very cool. So episode five was Last of the Duke Street Kings. And I love the name of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, because in to know that you're a Bruce, you're a Bruce fan. Yes. You have to be a Bruce fan if you to understand what that name right. is. Right. They're from Canada. Mm-hmm. And we had Glenn Ether and Andrew Blinko. Now, they've been around for a while, about eight, eight years, which is pretty amazing. And what I found really cool was they actually have an accordion player in their band, mm. which not many bands do. And they shared a live version of I'm Going Down, which was pretty amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Episode six was another professor, Dr. Prudence Jones from Montclair State University. And she was also... Excuse me, really fascinating because she teaches Greek and Latin and also focuses on Augustine, Rome, and Cleopatra. And I was like, how is this going to relate to Bruce? But it did because she teaches a class called Springsteen, the Man and the Music, which looks at the way Bruce's work reflects the American experience in the 20th and 21st centuries. We got to hear about her class and her love of Bruce because she, like us, she's a super fan. And Again, I, when I have the time, when I retire someday, I'm going to take her <laughs> class too because both Stephen and Prudence were super fascinating. I would love to actually audit both of their classes. When you retire, you're going to be busy taking a lot of classes. That's okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. I, like I said, I'm getting my PhD in Bruceology. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, episode seven, we had the pleasure of visiting with Monty Thompson from the tribute band Human Touch from Ireland. And we were both kind of surprised that when he came on, he we expected him to have an Irish accent. Yes. But he is an American from Idaho who followed love to Ireland. Yeah. And which was very cool. And he is the lead singer and the guitar player and is relatively new to Bruce's music. Um And so he didn't really know the music when he auditioned for the band. So they told him to learn five songs. He got the gig. And he is, over the past year, he has had to learn all these Bruce songs. Now, you and I talk to a lot of tribute bands, and we know how complicated Mm -hmm. Bruce's music really is. And so we asked him how many songs he has learned in the last year. And he's learned about 34, 35 songs in the last year, Mm -hmm. which... That's a lot of songs if they're and they're so complicated. Right. It's not like learning how to play like I want to hold your hand. <laughs> yes. Which no disrespect because I love the Beatles, but their songs are much more straightforward. Yes, yes, for sure. Yes, yes. So in episode eight, we had a blast talking to Sean Rowley, DJ and yes. super fan from the UK. And we loved hearing all of his stories about his career from touring with Oasis to his guilty pleasures, musical, of course, <laughs> as well as his latest project. Ladies Sing the Boss. Oh, so cool. And we got to include one of the songs from this album, which was so great. A little bit of trivia that we did not know or I did not know is that Bruce's most covered song is I'm on Fire. And we got to hear Soccer Mommy's version of I'm on Fire, which was literally the word that I come up with. And it's I don't mean to sound like a jackass, but it was (laughs) incandescent. It felt like. It was just, it was just such a beautiful, like at first I was like, "Mm," and then I just, it was so beautiful. I loved it. And we really just loved chatting with Sean. He was so fun. And I just remember we laughed and laughed so much. Yes. He was great. Incandescent. Yeah. Right. I pulled that out of my SAT, (laughs) my SAT bucket. 
it was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Incandescent. Okay. Take it. <laughs> so episode nine was our friend. Well, your friend turned also my friend. Yes. Michael Messinger. He joined us for the second time, mm-hmm. and this time he was in the studio. Yeah. He was our first in-studio guest, which was pretty awesome. And we spoke about the tour that we did with Stan, where we met Vinny and Tinker and had hot dogs at the windmill. We spoke about Bruce's upcoming tour. At the time, dates had not been released. And I have to say, I really love Mike's take on Bruce's music from a geographical Mm -hmm. standpoint. Um, We also had our friend Jake Thistle doing Trapped. And Which you know it's awesome. Yes, that was Jake is always awesome. We, yes, I was talking to Mike after the um, the interview, and um, so his son is going to be studying abroad next spring in London. Oh, so I said we have to go see him in London. You have to go. Right. And he was like, I was thinking of seeing him like in Pittsburgh. And I was like, no, like that. He said, the farthest I'll go is Nashville, which I think he said in the episode. I do believe Because he doesn't want to go to Europe. And I said, I'm sorry, you're going. And his wife was like, you're not going to get him to go. And I said, I'm sorry. I guess you don't understand how this works. He's going. So Mike, if you're listening, you're going to the UK with us and we're going to go see your son and Bruce. He is listening. You know that. He, he is listening. He's he our is, number one. He super, is, he's our super fan. He is. He listens to every episode. <laughs> he actually will text me and say, listen to the Stan episode this morning. Made my day. And I'm like, wow, I'm making Donna and I are making someone's day. Imagine that. So thank you, Mike, for your support. <laughs> Mike, what are you going to do the next couple of months when we're on vacation? Yeah, he'll have to listen to reruns. <laughs> so. Go back to season one, episode one, and listen again. We need we need those hits. There you go. Okay, so in episode 10, we spoke to Dylan Woods, saxophonist from Bruce Juice, another tribute band out mm-hmm. of the UK. Love our tribute band. Yes, and Dylan explained to us that the band came together due to the long breaks in between Bruce's shows and they needed to get their Bruce juice. They focused more on the earlier works of Bruce in the 70s up through like the river. Then we got to hear a live version of Incident on 57th Street from Bruce Juice, which was beautifully done. And the vocals by Rod and the band were some of the best we've heard. He really, it was like listening to Bruce. It was absolutely incredible. Yeah, totally interesting. So on episode 11, we had super fan and friend of yours, Claire Titmus. Uh Is that how you pronounce your name? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, Claire has met Bruce several times and the two of you bonded on a desert island, uh, mm-hmm. so to in, speak, the in the Caribbean, yeah, mm-hmm. over Bruce, yep. So her favorite album is Nebraska. Yeah, I don't which get is it. It's just so bleak, and she told us how she also had a sign to dance with. Um, sorry, something just happened. Everything okay? The ghost of Christmas past came into the studio, but we're going to move on. Okay. She told us how she held up a sign at a show to dance with Steve. Yeah. And how when she was trying to get over the barrier, she fell and Bruce was just kind of standing over like over her, like, what are you doing down there? <laughs> <laughs> and she did wind up getting up. Oh yeah. She did get on the stage. Uh-huh. She did wind up um dancing with Steve, but she also danced with Bruce and Patty. Uh-huh. Yeah. She was a lot of fun. I like Claire. Oh, she's she is a wild woman. I I mean I could tell. And and when I met her in Antigua. The only reason I met her was because she heard my accent and said, where are you from? And I said, New Jersey. She's like, oh, my God. Like, it was like I was because I'm from New Jersey. She wanted to to hang out with she me. She wanted to be your friend. She wanted to bond with me. Yes. Um, episode 12. 
we got together again, this time in the studio with our good buddy, Stan Goldstein, Bruce tour guide extraordinaire. (laughs) And we reviewed the tour. We went on with him again in May. And we talked about Bruce's upcoming tour for next year, as well as reviewing our picks on the best and most underrated songs from several albums, (laughs) including The Promise, Wrecking Ball, and High Hopes. Stan has been such a huge supporter of the podcast as well and such a good friend to us. Yes. And we're so glad to have him in our For the Love of East Street world. Yes. And we hope that we get to go to a show with him somewhere next year. That would be so fun. That would be awesome. It was. And he was in the studio as well. Yeah. I said that. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. I she, was, she never listens I, to me. I don't. I don't pay attention to Randy. She I just doesn't. sit here. I just sit here and smile and look at you smiling and nodding. Like and I'm, thinking, like when is she going to stop she, talking? Is she going to shut up anytime uh, soon? Hey, now. <laughs> All right. Episode 13. Dougie Robertson um, from the Springsteen Sessions from the UK. And we spoke about his love of Bruce and the band. And I love that he auditioned for a Bruce tribute band. And he was offered the position, but he turned it down because he didn't think the sax player was up to snuff because, P.S., he is a sax player and he plays harmonica. So he started his own band (laughs) and he also writes his own music. Mm -hmm. So he's a really talented dude. And we had an awesome version of I'll See You in My Dreams from the Springsteen Sessions during that one. Awesome. Episode 14, we chatted with Bud McLaughlin, a.k.a. Fake Springsteen. (laughs) And in addition to being a super fan, Bud had a crazy experience back in the 70s when he was in college at Auburn in Alabama. And it just so happened that Bruce was playing at Auburn. And Bud looked so much like Bruce that he was mistaken for him. And if you want to hear the hijinks that ensued, you'll have to listen to the whole episode. But that's quite a story. It is. And he actually sent a picture yeah, And he really, looking oh, yeah. at the picture, he absolutely looks like Bruce from back then. And, and interestingly enough, they look nothing alike now. Today, yes. Which is so funny. Yes. yes. So episode 15 was superfan Brian Samuelson, who does Wheel of Springsteen every single day in the Everything Bruce Springsteen Facebook group. So now Wheel of Springsteen is a takeoff of Wheel of Fortune. And he does a, pu- a puzzle, as I said, he does it every day. But it's really interesting because the puzzle could be a lyric or something Bruce said from a concert. And some of these puzzles are so obscure. Mm-hmm. And there are some people who solve it every single day. Well, that ain't me. That ain't me either. I don't know that I've ever, then again, I don't have the time to sit there and really try to, I don't have that time in my life to figure it out. Well, see, when I retire and take Bruce <laughs> classes, I'm going to do the puzzles too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be all Bruce all the time. There you go. In episode 16, we had the pleasure of speaking with a new super fan, Nikki from Ireland. And it was so refreshing talking to someone who's a new fan Mm -hmm. because most of the people that we talk to on a regular basis are fans like us who've been fans of Bruce since the seventies or eighties. And Nikki is literally a newbie, even though she's not, you know, a youngster discovering all this music for the first time. Yeah. And it's so cool hearing like her talk about it because her point of view is so fresh and different and new. And she's so excited to see Bruce next May in Dublin for the very first time. So maybe we'll see Bruce with you, Nikki. Yes, maybe we will. 
All right. Episode 17 was Mike Fox from the Mighty Spectrum Band. Now, they play Chicago and The Doors, Jay Giles, Elvis, Van Morrison, Amon Brothers, um, Joe Cocker, and Bruce. But they also have another band, All the Guys, plus a horn section where they are The Bruce Show, which is where they only play Bruce. And we were lucky enough to have a version of Born to Run, which was pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. And he's a Jersey boy, too. So the band is located in North Jersey, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely want to check them out and see that Bruce show. Not that I'm not interested in the other bands, but that Bruce show is very... Well, they're local. Right. (laughs) They're much more local than, than, um, you know, the rise of the UK. UK Right, exactly. And yeah, everybody else, so... And in episode 18, we interviewed Jane Montoya, who's also another super fan. She is from California and grew up in Wisconsin. So she's she was very jealous of our Jersey stuff. And she said someday she'll get here and hang out with us. Um, she's seen Bruce a bunch of times, but wants to see him again next year. And I love that she was turned on to Bruce by her older sister. Yeah. And she found him in the 70s as well. And again, like many of our fans, um, or many of Bruce's fans, I should say, uh, got turned on by Born to Run because that seems to be like the album that gets everybody sucked in. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people. At least a lot of people our age. We seem to have found Bruce yeah. way back then. Yeah. If you're a, a longtime Bruce fan, that does mm-hmm. that usually is the album. Yeah, and we um we invited Jane, like many of our other <laughs> like co-hosts and friends, our other- to come visit us. And so far, no one has taken us up on this. So we are we are putting up the gauntlet. Come visit us in Asbury Park this summer. We will show you a good time. <laughs> yes, we will. Um, in okay. the nicest of ways, of course. So now we have a performance like we do at the last, uh, our last episodes, we always have a performance by one of the tribute bands. And we have chosen the performance of Independence Day from Springsteen Sessions from the UK, when we had a an amazing chat with Dougie Robertson, mm-hmm. as I mentioned in episode 13. Mm-hmm. So check this one out. Yeah. 
We chose the words And yeah, we drew the line There was just no way that this house Could hold both of us I guess that we were just Too much of the same kind I say goodbye That's song really enjoyed listening to that uh, that's my favorite song these days i've been listening to it a lot lately independence day mm-hmm. it's kind of been resonating mm-hmm. it's coming up on a year of my father's passing mm-hmm. so that one's been uh and i seem to hear it all the time that's interesting because they don't play it a lot so no maybe it's it's the universe speaking to you yeah the, we, so i've been renting cars yep. often and every time i rent a car i am hearing my songs from my first concert that's um, crazy december 28th 1980 and the last time i had a car it was um independence day from that show wow yeah like i said the universe is coming to you yeah yeah, yeah well yeah. friends i'm sad to say that that's all the time we have and as i mentioned when we opened we were we will be taking the rest of the summer off yep so we will have to hang to, out in, in Asbury to hang out, enjoy all that New Jersey has to offer in the summer. And we will see you further on up the road in <gasps> season four. Look at you throwing it in. So now you have the whole summer, <laughs> the rest of the summer. I think it's going to be like part of July and August to catch up on all of our episodes. So go back season one, episode one, <laughs> check us out, listen to them all. Let us know which ones you like and which ones you like more. There you go. And check out our Facebook page for the love of E Street and reach out and talk to us. We're, we're already starting, like I said, to think about season four. So if you'd like to be part of it, 
Let us know. We are yeah. here and we are ready to talk to we you. We want to hear your Bruce stories. We do want to hear your Bruce stories because we're tired of hearing our own voices. <laughs> and as Donna mentioned, she's tired of hearing my voice <laughs> because she wasn't listening. Anyway, we are sponsored by Donna J Skincare, an all natural anti-aging skincare company that believes your skincare should care for the health of your skin. We are signing out from the swamps of Jersey. See you soon. See you soon.